Friends, our second lesson is from the eighth chapter of the book of Romans. Listen as the Apostle Paul writes to the churches in Rome. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, we remember that there is no such thing as preaching unless your Holy Spirit is in every word that is spoken. And so I pray, come Lord, come Holy Spirit and take these words and make them your own. We pray too that the Holy Spirit would open all of our hearts and minds that we might hear what you have to say and in hearing we might be transformed. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. About a decade ago, there was a study that was done about higher education, about college and university education. This study showed that after about the age of enlightenment for hundreds of years afterwards, most people went into higher education because they wanted an answer to the big questions. Why are we here What is the purpose of man? What are we to do for the greater good? That was the purpose of a college or university education, to help people grapple with those big questions and be able to answer them. But the study went on to show that after about the late 70s, early 80s, the reason people went into higher education shifted. And suddenly, people were going to colleges and universities because they wanted power. They wanted the power to have a better future for themselves. They wanted a better job. They wanted security in the world. No longer were they concerned about the big questions. They were more concerned with securing themselves a good future. And as someone who just had a child graduate from high school, I'm all about kids going to college to get a job. 
But the study went on to ask, well, then who is asking those big questions? And over and over again, they found that it was faith communities, churches like ours that grappled with those big questions. Why are we here? What is our purpose? What is the chief end of man? It should also be noted, although it wasn't in the study, that we are also churches and faith communities. We're concerned with power. Who has it? How should it be used? But ultimately, we believe that for faith communities, all power comes from the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit who blows through communities, who empowers them for mission and ministry and for answering those big questions. In fact, one scholar, Phyllis Tickle, has said that about every 500 years in the church, you can see where the Holy Spirit comes along and blows in and through the church and upsets it, disrupts it, but prepares it for something new. She calls it the great emergence. That about every 500 years, there's a great emergence in the church. Here's what she means. 500 years ago from now, roughly, was the Protestant Reformation. The Protestant Reformation, if you'll remember, was a time when we looked at the church as it was then. The Catholic Church was the only one then. And we looked at how things were being done and we said, this is not faithful. This is not right. And so the Protestant Reformation began. And Protestant churches formed. And for a long time, it was disorienting. There was a lot of anxiety. But what we discovered is that the Holy Spirit was in all of it. And now the church flourished in new ways. Should also be noted, thanks to the Holy Spirit, that there was a reformation within the Catholic Church. And that they too reoriented. They emerged in a new way. 500 years before the Protestant Reformation was what's called the Great Schism. There had been one church, but suddenly there became a Western church and an Eastern Orthodox church. There were questions of theology and ways of worshiping, but the Holy Spirit came and blew into the church and reoriented, and the church emerged in a new way, both of which have flourished. 500 years before the Great Schism was the fall of the Roman Empire. And again, the Holy Spirit blew, upsetting the church, turning it on its head. But the church emerged in a new way. 500 years before the fall of the Roman Empire was the birth of Jesus Christ. In each of these instances, there is a period when it looks dark. When it seems like whatever rupture is happening in the church is going to be devastating. It would be easy to doubt. But in every time, the Holy Spirit has come and helped the church flourish in a new way. Many scholars think this is happening right now to the church, particularly with the advent of technology. Brett and I and our elders know that we now have a digital presence, that there are people who watch us online and we worry that maybe that will mean something negative for the church. I will tell you that's the same conversation that was had when TV was invented. But we worry about what it'll mean for the church. We worry, will the people in the pews decrease? Instead of focusing on the fact that now the gospel reaches more and more people in this new digital way, 
The Holy Spirit is blowing in the church, friends. And if Pentecost tells us anything, it tells us that the Spirit intercedes on behalf of the church. And that what often looks like a death is really just new life being born. We can take all that anxiety away and just try to be faithful to whatever the Spirit is showing us. I like the image I sometimes have of the Spirit blowing and we're just holding on to its coattails trying to see where it's going to blow us. That's what the church is. The church is a body that was founded by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit sustains it and the Holy Spirit will guide it into the future. Doesn't mean there's not pain Because when things change, there's a loss and there is grief. But there is also always the promise that the Holy Spirit will bring about something new, a new emergence, if you will. Now, if you're like me, you read these words of Paul writing to the church in Rome. And you also know that the Holy Spirit intercedes for people, for the faithful For those who are called for God's purposes. Maybe there have been those times in your own history. When things have been shaken up. When it looked dark. When you weren't sure that the Holy Spirit was there. Maybe it's the divorce that you never wanted but came anyway. Maybe it's the diagnosis you never wanted but it came anyway. Maybe it's the death of those close to you. And you thought there would never be new life again. Listen to the promise of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that sustains the church will sustain you still. And there will be a great emergence out of your own life, out of those times of darkness and difficulty. That is the promise of the Holy Spirit. That the Spirit intercedes for us when it is difficult and dark. And when it seems as if there is no way forward. The Spirit comes and blows in our own lives and offers us a new emergence too. It is so easy to doubt that the Holy Spirit will do its work again. I don't know about you, but I find myself in the position, well, the Holy Spirit did it then, but surely the Holy Spirit isn't going to do it now. And yet the Spirit does. The church still stands and you will too. The church is still sustained by the Holy Spirit, and you will be too. There may be some loss and some disorientation in it, but always the Spirit blows among God's people and brings about new life. And so this is the good news of Pentecost Sunday, that for every death there will be a new beginning. For every period of disorientation there will be a reorientation. And when we think all hope is lost, there will be a great emergence once again. Let us give thanks to God for the Holy Spirit. And let us trust that the Spirit who blew on Pentecost Sunday is blowing through our lives even now. Thanks be to God and amen.